Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. This is my top five Toby Hooper movies. Toby Hooper, an amazing, well-known horror director uh, who, uh, is he still alive? No, he is not. He passed away in 2017. Uh, a man who's spent, I, th- I believe, his entire film career directing horror films. Uh, he did start off as a documentary, uh, documentary f- uh, cameraman. His parents owned a theater that he so he grew up. Uh, I'm sure with a love of film and studied film and uh, clearly had a love for horror. Uh, considered one of the masters of the genre. And I finally dug into his filmography in order to rank my top five favorite films from this director. Uh, Started off, I was initially going to do a top five of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise of movies. The many uh, sequels and remakes and reboots of that franchise. But after watching... Uh, the first two uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies directed by Toby Hooper, especially how different the second one was to the first one, I decided instead to shift my focus and to just dive into all of Toby Hooper's films. Obviously, I couldn't watch all of his movies. Not all of his movies are readily available, but I did my best Uh, to watch all of the movies that most people highly rank of his uh, and a lot more. So with all of that said, let's get into it, starting off with my number five, my fifth favorite Toby Hooper movie. This one for a while was uh, my number four and had some thoughts, I think maybe recency bias because it was one of the last ones I had watched and definitely... Uh, definitely had seen it more recently than my initial number five. Uh, but after thinking about it, I decided, especially after watching so many Toby Hooper movies, kind of having an understanding of his filmmaking, uh, not only uh, as far as the, t- the ways he likes to tell stories, the types of characters, but also knowing the types of set designs and practical effects and all the things that go into a Toby Hooper movie. Uh, And putting that all together, I decided to reorder this list a bit, uh, which brought this movie down to number five. Still a great movie that I had a lot of fun watching. Coming at number five is The Fun House. A pretty simple horror movie. Starts off with a very kind of a, a, a cross between Psycho and Halloween, where you have this kind of first-person view of this person going through somebody's house. We see this uh, girl going into the shower. She's about to take a shower. And this, this other person who we never see going through the house. We see all these weapons mounted to the wall. Uh, and uh, the, the character grabs a clown mask and puts it on, so kind of similar in some ways to... Uh, the first Halloween movie grabs a knife off of the wall and goes into the shower where this girl is taking a shower and opens the curtain. I think it literally had the uh, the psycho music. Uh, as we find out, it is the girl's little brother, 
kind of disturbing. Uh, snuck into the bathroom while she's taking a shower and uh, tried to stab her naked body with a rubber knife. Uh, but kind of a fun, other than that, <laughs> you know, kind of an interesting way to start it. Uh, you know, kind of the, a misdirect uh, as, a, as a bit. Later on, this girl goes on, she's going on a date. Uh, her dad warns her, don't go to the carnival. You know what happened last? There was like dead bodies found or whatever last time they, they went through that town, remember? Uh, but of course, the, her boyfriend wants to go, or this guy she's on a date with, uh, wants to go to the carnival. Because of course, which I love a carnival, and this was a carnival back in like the 80s. I believe this was uh, an 80s film. Let me double check the year this came out. Yeah, 1981. And in these carnivals, obviously, all the rides are pretty much the same. They haven't changed the carnival rides since the 80s. Uh, but in this carnival, they still had sideshows, uh, except for these sideshows were of animals that were like had mutations. Uh, there was, of course, the fun house where you kind of go through and it's got you're on like a cart and there's scary things pop out has like on the merry-go-round there's like a hoop that you can like put a finger through and win a prize or whatever i don't know there's like aspects to it that clearly don't exist a bunch of carnival barkers uh for all the different things that you just don't see nowadays it's usually just a recording playing over a loudspeaker uh but still fun Uh, like a showgirl thing like oh go in and watch these women get naked uh you know kind of a fun nostalgic time travel time to go back in time i guess as it were uh to experience what carnivals were like i mean 40 years ago now but uh it doesn't seem that long ago for me i never went to a carnival that was like that but uh some aspects of it seem no different than carnivals i've been to today uh so this girl goes they go on a double date they're there they're doing all the things uh, and we see the boy sneak out like this young kid. He's like seven years old or something. I don't know how old this kid is, but clearly looks way too young to be sneaking out at night to go walking to this carnival on the way. There's this guy in a pickup truck that's like super creepy sus trying to pick him up, points a gun at him, scares the shit out of this kid. But this kid goes to the carnival, gets in, you know, buys a ticket or gets he sneaks in, but buys tickets to, to get stuff. And uh He's trying to find his sister and and this group of kids never does. And this group of kids decide to spend the night inside the funhouse to stay the night after the carnival closes. And while they are staying the night, they see a murder. Some crazy things happen. They get stuck inside the funhouse. And the movie is them trying to get out with this mutated kid trying to, to to kill him with these carnies trying to kill him it's great i really enjoyed it i thought uh elizabeth Berdage uh Berdage, uh played a good final girl i i i liked the movie quite a bit it was it was pretty fun uh i enjoyed it and to see like how they end up attacking each other by accident. All of these things that happen in this movie, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I enjoyed the movie and uh, had a lot of fun. And it was number four for quite a bit, but I moved it down to five. Kept it on the list because I do enjoy it, but had to move it down to five just because I think the my number four is a step up. A step up. And, and definitely 
kind of encapsulates Toby Hooper as a storyteller, as a director, uh, quite a bit more than than f- the Funhouse does. So coming in at number five is the Funhouse. Moving on to my fourth favorite Toby Hooper movie. Like I said, this was for a time uh, down at my number five. However, it was my second, the second Toby Hooper movie I watched. Coming in at number four is The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Uh, I've never seen this movie until now that I can remember. Uh, it's a movie that, you know, some people love and some people don't. I, I've, I've found. I think there's definitely an aspect to this movie that I understand why people like it, right? There is a clear and utter cheesiness that you can get in horror movies in general. Uh, but something that definitely Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 leans into the cheesiness far more than the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was brutal, very simple, but very just horrifying. This one, way goofier. You have, it's an definitely feels 80s as hell. It's an, it came out in 86, uh, so definitely has the 80s vibe. Two, two of the first characters we meet in this movie are these two douchebag uh, guys going to party in Texas, calling into a radio show. It is kind of amazing how many horror movies I've noticed, how many horror movies involve people calling into a radio show. Right. Recently watched George A. Romero's Martin, where a big part of that is him calling into the radio show. Obviously, this uh, the most recent Halloween kills. There's a big aspect of that takes place at a radio like some big kills take place at a radio station. But this these kids call into this radio station and while they're on the phone harassing this DJ, uh, they end up getting chased down by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre crew. Uh, the family and uh, you know they get sawed up of course the chainsaw becomes a huge part of this movie not only does Leatherface have his chainsaw but uh, we have uh, what's his face we have Dennis Hopper is in this movie as one of the a relative of the kids from the first movie uncle I think in law enforcement or something and he goes to get revenge he picks up like five different chainsaws or not like three chainsaws so there's a lot of chainsaw fighting and a lot of use of chainsaws as if they're axes like a lot of slamming down and chopping of a chainsaw which just i've never owned or used a chainsaw but every time i saw people chopping like dennis hopper gets these chainsaws and he goes out to the front of the chainsaw store and there's a giant log, and he's just, like, slamming this chainsaw. Like, you got to be breaking a chainsaw doing that. Like, that is not how a chainsaw works. Uh, and that is coming from somebody who has zero experience using a chainsaw. But anyway, uh, definitely cheesy. You get to see the, the, you know, the family that cannibalizes people and makes barbecue out of them winning awards like it definitely turns the cheesiness of everything up a bit in this instead of the house they've moved to like this underground fortress of carnival terrifying carnivalness uh which helps them avoid people from finding them because they're clearly out to to find these people that are massacring people all over texas uh so a lot of it takes place with underground in this 
like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Carnival of of Carnage, uh, but ends with some chainsaw fights. It's a fun movie. It's got, again, some practical effects that are great. The end of this movie is wild. Like, it ends up, this woman, the final girl, ends up at the top of this, like, mountain that's, like, an artificial mountain. And in the top of this mountain is, like, this throne where this rotting body that potentially is still alive, the grandma of the family, is, like, sitting on a throne and ends up getting killed and then the girl does the chainsaw dance that's at the end of the first one it's just like a movie that goes bonkers right it 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 feels like a movie that's like they took all of the craziness of the first movie pumped in a ton of cocaine like inside that clear 80s vibe of like bonkers like wacky what the fuck and just just had a lot of fun with it i at first did not like this movie the 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 shifts that it took after the first movie the first texas chainsaw massacre that that toby hooper made i was like man i don't understand why people like this it is just and the screaming, that's constant screaming, which is also an aspect, especially the end of the first one. But, like, I don't know. I just didn't get it. But after watching so many Toby Hooper movies, I definitely gained more an appreciation for it. There was a chance this, this movie wasn't even going to make the list. But at, for a long time, it was at number five. And then at second glance of my list, comparing this to The Fun House, I was like, well, this has got a lot more character to it than The Fun House. The Fun House is just... A fun horror movie, interesting, trapped in a fun house at a carnival. All that stuff is cool. Um, where this one, I think, definitely was taking massive swings. And just because it didn't necessarily connect with me all the times, I think it, it, it was doing enough uh, to at least come in at number four. So that coming in at number four is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 from 19. 19- 86, directed by Toby Hooper. Let's take a little break from the show to promote. I figured out a way on my website to offer prints for every single painting. So if you go to a painting, you can buy the original painting or you can buy a print for everything. Artwork that you don't want to spend $100 plus on nine by 12 inch ink painting on paper, $100 for the original one of a kind piece of artwork. Paintings range in price depending on their size. The eight by 10 and print $20 available in the store at inspireddisorder.com. And now let's get back to the show. Moving on to my third favorite Toby Hooper film. This is a movie that when I heard it described blew my mind and was so excited to watch it. And while I watched it, it like every aspect of this ride that I was on was like what like the scale the kind of how big this movie the budget must have been huge uh the practical effects the special effects every aspect of this movie i loved i was this was like a hidden gem that despite knowing that it was a well-regarded toby hooper film it's a movie i had never heard of i've never heard anybody talking about it at least that i could recall so i was so excited to watch it and will forever be one of my favorite horror movies 
Uh, so coming in at number three, which I, I would say these top three are stone-cold classic films. Like, I love these top three. I mean, the, the bottom two, they're okay. They're fun. Right. These are classic. These are like, these are home runs. Coming in at number three is Life Force. Man. So this movie starts off in space. It's a sci-fi movie and one aspect. It's also a kind of like, it's like a space vampire zombie apocalypse movie. Right? Just the idea of combining all of those genres together, sci-fi kind of has aspects of species which is a movie that uh, horror movie that came out in like the 90s uh about an alien naked hot alien that's going around killing people kind of a similar thing happens in this movie a little bit different type type of a premise in this movie also this movie features the most reasonable use of blue beam in sky whereas every movie in recent years uses blue beam in sky to be the thing that needs to be stopped by our heroes this blue beam in sky makes sense it is part of the story it is the way this naked hot alien woman is transferring the stole the souls that are being sucked out of all the humans during this uh vampire alien vampire zombie outbreak those souls are getting sucked out and transferred through her up to the mothership via blue beam and sky. I've, I believe it's blue. I am colorblind. Maybe it's purple. I don't know. But by far the best use makes the most sense out of every single movie that uses blue beam and sky. This is the only one that is worth it. Amazing. The, the fact that it starts off in space, the these effects of i mean the budget of this thing is amazing whether it's the space stuff or if it's when they get back to earth and it's like they're investigating these aliens that they got and then or if it's through the streets of london as this outbreak uh occurs feels like there was a huge budget for this i it's a ride man this is a, an adventure a ride to go from space all the way to Blue Beam and Sky, Alien Zombie Outbreak. I loved it. Practical effects, amazing. The, the idea that these vampires suck the life force out of you, right? These, these aliens suck the life force out of you, and you literally see the bodies of these people shrivel up into, like, like just emaciated zombie people. And the it just like better practical. I miss practical. This movie makes me miss practical effects so much. Every time I see an old horror movie like this or the George Romero like Day of the Dead horror movies, I'm like, why don't studios pay artists to do practical effects? Because they look effort like exponentially better. Right, maybe clean them up a little bit with digital, but just it is so night and day how amazing these practical effects are, and the effects of these people that get shriveled up almost like zombified, right? Get the life force sucked out of them. Seeing them transform back and forth, and you know, like there's a thing where like if you get transferred, it's like that's the vampire esque. Like it gets contagious 
Once you get the life force sucked out, then you have to constantly replenish or you get vaporized. The way these people vaporize and turn into dust is amazing. I love this movie. It's a great story, right? A great ride of like following along as they're trying to figure this thing out. And then like just every step of the way I was entertained. The practical effects are amazing. It's just amazing. This movie, amazing, amazing, amazing. Right. And it's only a number three. That's how good Toby Hooper's like top notch films are. Right. He's got some bangers of classic films. And this one should be talked about so much more. I loved it so much. Coming in at number three, Life Force. Check it out. I don't remember how I, I don't streaming service I found it on, but buy it, rent it, stream it, do whatever you got to do. And watch Life Force. It came out in 1985. Dude. So good. Life Force. Huge fan right here. Toby Hooper, what's up? Rest in peace, the hoop. Let's move on to my second favorite Toby Hooper film. Now, there's a couple classics that people probably can expect. And maybe they don't know the order. But uh, these are movies that I hadn't watched in a long time. And in revisiting them, I was just blown away again at just how amazing Toby Hooper is. Uh, especially, like, he... It, it's kind of sad. I guess, like, maybe, like, drug problems. Life is tough. I get it. Ups and downs. But when he when he made a movie at his peak, he made some beautiful films, right? Great horror films. So much fun. So much, like non-stop like energy going into it so coming in at number two is the original the texas chainsaw massacre from 1974 i mean from the initial premise somebody's digging people up out of the graves and posing the remains of these bodies in like weird formations i was like "Ooh, that's artistic that's interesting to see the different uh, like skeletal furniture and decorations that kind of decorated this insane massacre house was like loved it loved like aesthetically like so great you can definitely see that Rob Zombie drew a lot of inspiration from Toby Hooper um, I mean and just being in Texas I mean it's got that dirty weathered vibe that all of Rob Zombie stuff does that this movie amazingly captures. So you have these kids initially going to check on, they're on a road trip to go spend time at their family home uh, that's like abandoned house that their family owns. On their way, they go to make sure that their relatives' graves haven't been uh, dug up, right? They haven't been robbed. On their way, they go to, they pick up a hitchhiker, crazy guy, uh, ends up going crazy inside their van, cutting himself, cutting uh, one of the kids in the wheelchair, uh, and then they got rid of him. He marks the van. They end up going to a gas station where they're out of gas. But, you know, it's like this small little podunk town where nothing is around. It's like a gas station slash barbecue. The guy who, like, washes the window. Like, everybody's kind of, like, mentally a few steps behind. Um, and then it's like a situation where you kind of don't feel bad, right? These These kids come across somebody else's house. And they just go inside this house, and this house is 
the house of these insane cannibal people. So, of course, they get caught, slaughtered, you know, hit in the head like they described happened to cows, right? The first kill, this guy goes in, gets hit in the head with a sledgehammer, and then perfectly has these seizures. Like, he looks like he's dying. Got hit in the head. He's having these seizures, right? You got the big metal kind of door, slaughterhouse door in the house. It's like, you guys should not be going in there, right? Similarly, in in some ways, to, like, Psycho, right? Where Psycho, that motel... Bates Motel is this vortex where, like, people getting sucked into this vortex that's just churning them out and killing them. This is, like, a thing where they're not getting sucked in. They're, like, actively going into this house they don't have any business going into. So I don't feel bad for them up until kind of the last one where the girl and her and her brother in the wheelchair, they're kind of stranded, and they're like, where are these people? And she goes looking for them, and as she's walking around outside she gets got right so i don't i i kind of feel bad for her because she wasn't trespassing into this crazy family's house uh the amount of screaming that happens in the end of this film is maddening uh the scene the dinner scene or it's after the dinner scene wherever the scene is where the and it's in the second one as well where they put the girl sitting sit her next to the bucket and they're trying to give this the grandpa a hammer for him to knock her out right he's get him participating in the in the fun and his inability to do so kind of plays out in the same way in the second one but this one is like crazy she finally gets out right runs out this trucker stops to save her Leatherface is after both of them this trucker is like what did i do today did i make the worst decision possible and then this pickup truck finally gets her and she just can't stop screaming from stop tart start start to finish i mean she gets away she goes to that gas station where the barbecue is right and you think it's like okay friendly old gas station owner and of course he is the relative that's his family that's the only family in this area right everybody else that used to live there is sold as barbecue um a crazy story eventually i will get to watching all of the chainsaw massacre movies Maybe not until next, you know, next Halloween season, next October. We'll see. But uh, intense, exhausting, scary, great. I enjoyed it. It's amazing. It's like definitely has that simplicity as a lot of like the great horror films like Halloween, but like the terrifying nature of it and this family and just kind of like not necessarily feeling that bad for the kids because it's like they shouldn't have been in there to begin with you know it's like you gotta have some personal responsibility to just go into somebody's house unannounced uh you know i don't know if they deserve to get cooked up but it is what it is uh so coming to number two my second favorite toby hooper film is the texas chainsaw massacre from 1974 for a long time this was my number one film until I rewatched the next film. 
Let's take a little break from the show to promote the benefits of Inspired Disorder Plus. So you go inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Sign up. $5 a month. You get to binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad free. You get to watch all of the live painting videos I do. You get a special members only discount and deals for all of the artwork and merch that I sell. You also get the complete podcast back catalog of every podcast I've ever produced. Hundreds of episodes, countless different podcasts. You also get access to my personal blog. A new blog comes out every week. In addition to that, you get my creative writing that I'm releasing. You also get access to asking me anything. 14 years of experience podcasting. I've been creating art my entire life. I've been using Photoshop since middle school. And you can contact me to ask me questions about that or anything else. So those are the benefits for signing up for Inspired Disorder Plus. And now let's get back to the show. So let's move on to my final film, my favorite Toby Hooper film, another movie that I hadn't seen since I was a child, uh, since I you know, watched it's a child. And it's a PG movie, right? He's got a few PG movies in his arsenal. This one came out in 1982. That movie coming in at number one is Poltergeist, obviously. I mean, come on. What do you think? I'm going to say Invaders from Mars, which is the other PG one, which is another movie that was on the list for a long time. I did enjoy Invaders from Mars, but, uh, you know, fun horror kids movie. Great. Uh, But this is as far as the horror kids movies go. This one, man, there's so much of it. I forgot Um, the flashing lights are a bit much, uh, but still that kind of that use of lighting, whether it's this movie uh, eaten alive, there's a lot of it. Um, I think I think aspects of the funhouse definitely there's some interesting lighting in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 Life Force there's a lot of fun you know great use of lighting Uh, but Poltergeist man this family right this guy sells homes these tracks home track homes in a new development right the the American dream buy a house that looks like everybody else's house and uh, living there with his family, he's got his beautiful wife and two kids, three kids, sorry, I think one of them's a stepkid. Um, the age range on that kid, the kid's 16 and his wife is like 31 or something like that, so she had him young, unless it's from a previous marriage of his. Uh, but I love this movie, man. The The performances are great. That girl, Carol Ann, is amazing. My mom's name, which is kind of weird. Uh, the boy's crazy at one point. The boy, like, just the boy and his dog just get in a cab and say peace. Uh, kind of a crazy thing. I think the older sister may have been with him, but I didn't see her get in the taxi. Just kind of looked like the, the kid get, went into the taxi and the dog followed him, and the taxi just took off. It's like, whoa, <laughs> okay. I guess in the 80s, kids could just take taxis without adults around. Um, the mom smoking weed at the end of the night as they're, you know, about to go to bed goofing off with the husband which is uh what's his name craig t nelson young craig t nelson which is crazy uh obviously this is came out in 81 82 81 82 uh so great from the moment she like she sees it's got a great scene which clearly inspired the the scene in the sixth sense the kitchen scene in the sixth sense we're in this movie. Uh, she turns around for a second, and all of a sudden, the the dining room, the little dining room chair—I don't know if the dining room, the kitchenette, 
all the chairs are stacked on top of well first they're all spread out and then she turns around again and they're all stacked up on top of the tables clearly something the girl the small child doesn't do which is another thing you don't see much in horror movies or movies in general young kids like the girl that plays carol ann in this movie not only horror movie but just in general you just don't see young kids like that in movies right most kids are like preteen maybe it's, it's weird i don't know why but who knows so all the kitchen stuff when she finds out like craig t nelson comes home and his wife's all it's like you got to check this out and her excitement when the the baby gets scooted across the 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 thing or when she gets scooted it's great like her performance is amazing uh, I mean, they're all great. All of these performances are great. The kids, the parents, even when they bring in the researchers, great. I love the researchers when they bring in the little person to clean the house. Loved that. Um, so much of it. The tree attacking the boy, swallowing the boy. Meanwhile, the closets inhaling everything in the bedroom. Uh, when the investigators show up and they're, like, bragging about this thing that they saw move seven feet and it took, like, eight hours to do. And Craig T. Nelson's like, oh, that's funny. Look at this. Opens the door and there's just all kinds of shit flying around in this bedroom. So great just seeing all of them kind of like, this is the most insane thing we've ever seen. You know, kind of has that uh, Ghostbusters vibe. Right. The Ghostbusters started out as investigators, very similar to the investigators that try to help out this family. Um, when you find out why all of this stuff is happening, when you think like this, the little person's like this house is clean. This house is clean. Right. She's super stoked about it. She did her job, pat herself on the back. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Uh, and the fact that this family didn't immediately move as soon as that little person said, this house is clean, you have both of your kids, and you get the fuck out of there. Just leave. Leave all of your things. Pay movers. Go in there while you're not there. The fact that they stayed another night makes no sense. Like, you see her dyeing her hair, taking a bath, and like, what are they doing? These kids are going back to sleep in that same room. What are you doing? Why would you be in that house, let alone in that room? Oh, my God. It's just like I was yelling at the TV. What are you doing? Why are you there? Something bad's going to happen. Of course. I mean, it's great. end. how everything starts. It's like just everything goes insane at that end part. Caskets start flying up because, of course, you know, capitalism, profit, building houses, track homes on top of a graveyard, you know. A normal graveyard, not a Native American graveyard, but still, it's like, what are you doing? And, of course, that's where all the, the spirits came from, all, like, the, the massive amounts of spirits. So great. Loved it. It was so much fun. And even when they finally get out and they go to the Holiday Inn, finally, and the last shot is Craig T. Nelson throwing the TV out the, out the door, putting it out on the balcony while they, they all kind of go pass out after having to survive this house for a second time. And, of course, the house getting sucked up into itself is great, too. Uh, I absolutely love this movie from top to bottom. So much fun, so scary, great practical effects. Uh, just another nonstop kind of a ride, really. I mean, a lot of – and for being a PG PG movie, right? No gore, but still, like, terrifying. 
terrifying. And it's, you know, the kids. I think having those kids, those young kids, really amps up the kind of the stress level you have uh, for what's going on. But also the performances, man, that the mom, the her excitement when she's like, look at this, she slid across the ground. This is great. <laughs> like super stoked. Uh, just, I don't know, really fun performances. And uh, I loved it. So much fun. Obviously, it's at my number one spot. My favorite Toby Hooper movie is Poltergeist. So, yeah, there's a bunch of them that didn't make it. The uh, attack, the Mars, Invaders from Mars, um, The Mangler, Toolbox Murders is another one I watched. Um, what are some other ones? Uh, I'm blanking on some of the honorable mentions. But I, he's got a bunch of great movies out there, and I watched as many as I could. Uh, but this was my Stone Cold top five out of the ones I did watch. Oh, Eaten Alive. Ugh, it's kind of like a Bates Motel scenario, but very annoying i don't know there's I, I had a lot of problems with that movie uh but anyway let's go over my list one more time this is my top five toby hooper movies starting off with number five is the fun house number four is the texas chainsaw massacre 2 from 1986 number three is life force Number two is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. And my number one favorite Toby Hooper movie of all time is Poltergeist. Let me know how you would rank your favorite Toby Hooper films online. Hit me up in the comments. Hit me up on social media. I want to hear it. Maybe there's a movie that I need to reconsider. A hidden gem that maybe I didn't get to. There's like one like a... Uh, spontaneous combustion was one shells there's and he's did some like newer movies like Digin and like I don't know if there's if there's other Toby Hooper movies that you think I should check out let me know as well because I will I enjoyed his films and uh, really had I mean some of them weren't great but some of them were amazing life force everybody needs that's like a that's what more people need to talk about life force it is amazing that movie Loved it. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind